You're listening to ROD, coming at you live. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the Auto D Show here on Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks, broadcasting from high above Camelback Road in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Otto Daniolo, and this evening my guest is a 14-year-old superstar actress, Serenity Star Foreman, and uh, we'll be chatting right after this very first song from the Fervor Records catalog called Liven Up by Kubi Koo here on the Auto D Show. Check it out.
listening to Auto D coming at you live. And that was Liven Up here on the Auto D Show, which is brought to you by my good friends at Fervor Records and also by TheRecordingArtist.com, where you can participate in my live recording sessions with all kinds of bands. In fact, each Wednesday evening, you can watch me work with a different band in the studio as they get two hours to record a song from scratch. It's free to check out, but you have to buy a subscription if you want to watch the live sessions as they happen. $3.99 a month gets you virtually, virtually into the recording sessions, and that's at TheRecordingArtist.com. So be sure to check us out on television, too. The Amazon Prime version is called The Recording Artist. And now, without further delay, let me bring uh, tonight's guest on the show, Serenity Star Formance. Serenity, how are you doing? I'm good. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, you've been a busy little girl. You're 14 years old, mm-hmm. but you've been acting for 10 years. Yeah. It's been 10 years since your first commercial. Let's go back to that first time. What did you do when you were four years old when you were first acting? Okay. Well, this is kind of a funny story. So keep in mind, I was four, so don't judge me. I know. I tried so, to picture. <laughs> I was really short, and I had a bob and bangs, and I go waddling into my mom's bathroom because she was, like, doing her makeup or something. And she looks at me, and she goes, you want to go on an audition? And I was like, sure, why not? I don't know what that is, but let's do it. That's right. So I go to this I get movie. out of my room? Yes. <laughs> so I go to this movie audition, and I don't remember a lot of it because I was four. I sure. was totally not sure. intelligent in any way, shape, or form. But... I go into this audition and the only thing that I can remember is that I was sitting there and the whole time I was just singing that um, Jingle Bells Batman Smells song that is like the Christmas thing. And I think I was the only one there without an agent too. And apparently they called my mom back and they were like, hey, yeah, we, we want her to film and film this movie with us. So we filmed in Arizona and we filmed in California. We filmed on Topanga Beach. That was fun. And I turned five during filming and the woman that played my mom in the movie actually came to my birthday party. And we went to Castles and Coasters. It was so cool. (laughs) That's awesome. Now what was that movie? It was called Coyote Requiem, but it hasn't come out yet because something happened during post-production. So You mean to tell me the first movie you made 10 years ago when you were four is now. Imagine it comes out next year. It's a huge hit, and everybody wants that four-year-old. What do you do? It's like, (laughs) She's not four anymore. (laughs) Too late. Well, that's too bad. But uh, did you ever get uh, to see it after it was shot? Any bit Mm -hmm. of it at all? Okay. We'll talk more about those details. I'd like to know what got that tied up. What was the story? I have no idea. Oh, that's I, true. You I were was four. four. Um, according to my mom, there was stuff that a four-year-old shouldn't know about. Right. So I don't anyway. remember any okay. of that. Did you have any lines in that? I feel like I did. I probably did, yes, right? You yeah. You did, yeah. I, we got um, mom, momager over in the corner shaking her head up and down. <laughs> so yeah, you had lines. That's pretty cool, though, for it to have lines. I thought the first thing was a commercial. So your first audition was a feature film. You landed it. Were you living in Arizona at the time? Were you yes. born here? Mm-hmm. Okay, and have you lived here the whole time? Yeah. But right now, you actually also have an agent in Burbank. Yes, I do. This is a recent development mm-hmm. in your career, isn't it? Yeah. How did that come about? Um. Well, for a while now, we've been looking for an agent in L.A., mm-hmm. and it's been really hard considering that we live here in Arizona, and everyone's like, we, well, we want you to live in L.A. Right. So it's been really difficult. So we've been trying really hard to like push and be like, hey, it's only like a five-hour drive. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. like just give us like six hour notice and we'll be in the car on the way to the (laughs) audition or whatever like we have family in california and stuff too so it's not like that big of a deal Mm -hmm. but people are just not listening to it and then we found um an agent and she was like yeah that could work so she signed us and i'm really excited about that so that's been pretty new right that this happened so you haven't necessarily got that six hour phone call yet not yet. We'll see how often that happens mm-hmm. before you go, can you give me a day? And then they'll be like, <laughs> uh-oh, this is what we didn't like. You know, it's really true, and I've seen a lot of actors uh, go from Phoenix and move uh, mm-hmm. for that very reason, so that when they get the call, they're right there. And and I think there's just, they want, they the, the buyers, let's say, the talent agents who are looking at the uh, people who are auditioning, they kind of want to know you're committed, and they kind of measure that by whether you're here or not, so mm-hmm. it's not uncommon for them to want that. It's cool that you got an agent out there who, who can rep you while you're here, though. Yeah. Do you think your age had something to do with that, maybe? I thought, well, we can't expect a 14-year-old to move out here, and Mom might not want to move out here with her, so yeah. maybe we've got to let her maybe. Stay. And also, like, my age range is kind of like an awkward age to be in acting, just because everybody that is my age either looks way older or way younger. So it's just kind of like an awkward age bracket. You're at that awkward age bracket. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, how many films have you actually been in? Ooh, like feature films or like yeah. all together? How about all together? Then you can describe the difference. Um, probably seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mom is saying nine. Okay, great. My bad. So uh, all based in Arizona primarily? Uh, yes. Not, not all of them? Oh, I guess not. Never Almost mind. all of them? Uh, you were in, what was, well, we already talked about your first film. Your biggest film project to date was girl wired yes i was the lead the you were the lead in girl wired Mm -hmm. that had to be pretty cool it was it was so cool it's probably like my favorite project that i've ever worked on when did that start for you that project uh when i was in the sixth grade so a couple years ago two or three years ago okay because right now you're like a freshman Mm -hmm. okay so about three years ago you got the script yes so um my agent emails my mom and she's like okay here's this audition my arizona agent she's like here's this audition here are the sides uh it's a self-submission so tape it and then submit it and blah 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 so i get the script and i'm reading it and the two sides that i have is one is this um so the character in this movie it's called girl wired it's on amazon prime y'all should go watch it um y'all should you should it's a good movie and She's plays. She's a child genius. So she's. Well, that's not a stretch for you, is it? Straight A student in school. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but so she's a child genius, and she's like in college, and but she's twelve. So she has one of the sides was like the super technical jargon mm-hmm. stuff, and the other one was super dramatic, and it was like crying scene. Mm-hmm. So I got it, and. As soon as I started reading it, I fell in love with the script because I can play both of those roles really well because I am both of those people in real life. Um, Mm -hmm. I am a very dramatic person. Um, I'm sorry if you know me in real life. And I'm also really smart, which sounds like I'm bragging, but like I do robotics and stuff. Um, I've been doing robotics since I was little. So all that like kind of comes naturally to me. So when I did it, I was like, this is gonna be cool. Like this feels right to me. Like this Mm -hmm. is what I'm gonna do. And so we got the call back. And I go into this callback, and me and my mom are really good about kind of selling the image. So I go to this callback wearing a robotics world's 
world championship shirt that I bought at a world competition for robotics so that they would ask about it. So then I got to talk about my robotics experience and they were like, she's it. (laughs) So I get the role. Good good job on mom for that one. Yeah, that's a great move. (laughs) Awesome call. Yeah, so I get to skip a couple, like, was it two months of school? And I only had to be at school one day a week. So I was not at school. I was on set the whole time. We had an on-set tutor, which was fun. Oh, awesome. And we filmed this movie. And then I go back to school, and everyone's like, where were you? And I was like, oh, I was watching a movie. And of course, because you're... I was watching a movie? I was filming a movie. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, it was a long (laughs) movie. (laughs) Watching it for two months? You're 11 and 12, so you don't know anything about the film industry. So they're all like, oh, when's it coming out? And I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah. So nobody believed me, but now they do, because it's out and it's on Amazon Prime, and they've all watched it now. Yeah. That had to be pretty cool. It was so cool. The experience being on set was cool because we got to film all over. Like where, where did where did you film? Well, we filmed uh, was it in Levine? Yeah. Uh, okay. So we filmed in Levine and we had this like house that we like rented out to film all of our scenes in. And everybody on set was super amazing and they were super nice. And all the cast members were fun. And that's who I spent most of my time around. So taking breaks and whatever, we were all sitting in a little back bedroom doing our schoolwork. Mm-hmm. And I got really close with all of them. And they were basically like my second family. And on the last day I said, I cried. I definitely cried a lot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not going to see you guys tomorrow. Like, what's happening it's here? It's like, I don't want this to be over. Literally. It was so upsetting. I cried mm. so much. Have you stayed in touch with anyone? Yeah, I do. I see my... The guy that played my younger brother, I talk to him all the time. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Is he Arizona-based as well? Yeah, he is. Okay. Now, um, how about the director? The directors were so nice. I loved them. Because you d- by at this point, you've done some commercial work. You've done some local mm-hmm. work. And so now you're working on this pretty decent film mm-hmm. with a pretty decent budget. Yeah. And so I wondered, was did you feel there was a much of a difference in terms of how things ran? Or did it seem pretty similar? Um... I think it, I would say it's a pretty similar okay. because when you're doing a commercial and stuff, it's kind of like really fast paced because you're trying mm-hmm. to get this whole thing done in one day. But with movies, like you can put like one scene off, like maybe one day. So it's just a little bit more relaxed, but you still get the same instruction. And it also really depends on who the director is because they can be nice to you. They can still be nice to you, but they can be a little bit more strict with it. Or they could just kind of be all over the place. And I didn't have the last one, so we're good on there. But they were all super cool, and we got stuff done on time because we were all there, and we were happy to be there. So it was just cool. What do you like from a director most? I love when they're on top of things because they're not going to be, like, super late. And they're, like, they have a, they genuinely have, like, a plan, and they're, like, okay, we're going to do this scene until it's done. Like, it doesn't matter how many takes we're going to do. But once this is done, we need to go as fast as we can and set up this next scene. And they work things out so that you're not going back and forth between different locations in the same day. You get most of the scenes that are going to be taking place in this one location done on that same day. So you're not just going back and forth. And it's just easier. For you, it's easier because you don't have to do all the work of moving and changing again. Mm -hmm. Or is it easier because your mind stays in this one place? Well. For the character. It's not necessarily the character because it could, the same location could be for two completely different scenes. Sure. So it's not so much as um, 
It's just easier because you're just there. Yeah, you're already there. And it's like, all I have to do is change my clothes and I don't have to get in the car and then I don't have to go with my mom and go find this other location and then change over there. And then it's just it's kind of a hassle. And then you just have to go back. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's easier for... Did you always have hair and makeup people around you on the set? Always. They were so nice, Do you though. miss them now that you're back? Yes. <laughs> Would somebody do my hair? Literally. That had to be fun. It was fun. That was probably one of my favorite parts in the mornings. It was all worth getting up early. That's pretty neat. What about food on the set? The food was so good. So you could eat whatever to, you wanted? Yes. They always had snacks there. I went through like a whole tub of red vines in one day. Wow. In like one break period. I used to do that all the time. My mom's looking at me. She's shaking her head because she doesn't like red vines. But I, I love, love red, red vines. vines. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I still do. You can get them at Costco. Big bins, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, and then so you were obviously you were young. So your metabolist could handle all this crappy <laughs> food and tons of it while you work. So you didn't have to worry about the impact. But um, I, I guess for me, I look at those situations and I think as a youngster going in, it's got to be kind of exciting because it's a little like being at the fair. It's not being mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. You know, there's lights, there's people doing your hair and makeup. You get all this different food you get to have. And then you come home and you have to go back to life. Like you mentioned coming back to school mm-hmm. with your schoolmates. And then they all thought, oh, right, she made a movie, whatever, until it was on. Mm-hmm. Did you see once it was finally on do you see them change was there some sort of energy change there? i actually didn't because i switched schools oh, okay but everybody at my new school i did see that change because i came back and i don't know how they figured this out because it was like a, a week after school started people started talking about how oh this new serenity girl was in a movie and i'm like i don't know where y'all heard that from because i don't have any friends yet <laughs> so good for you you should go watch the movie when it comes out and then the movie premiere happened and it turned into this kind of drama with my friend group but we're over that now and we're good but well it's yeah i can see how it could be that way because you know really especially at your age uh, a lot of a lot of it is establishing pecking order among friends, among style, and a lot of that's because you're trying to figure out where how they fit in, where they fit in. So everybody pushes a little. And that's kind of mm-hmm. how you find your space. And so when a queen walks in who's already been doing a movie, you kind of put everybody down a peg right from the start. <laughs> so you become a target or the enemy, you know, until they can get to know you. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Well, listen, let's jump back. You mentioned robotics. Um, mm-hmm. You got way into that for a long time. Yeah. So, I've our, been first of all, are you still robotics. into robotics? Yes, I am. I'm how on did, my high school robotics team. How did really? I don't even know what our robotics team does, <laughs> and I bet it's not choreographed dance. <laughs> no. Okay, great. So let's go back to the beginning and tell me what it is and how where you first encountered robotics. Well, so it all started when I was in the second grade, and we used to do these. They had like, a very busy early life, like four, oh gosh, six. This happened I when did. I was seven. Then when I was eight, I, I retired know. from film. <laughs> yeah. It's like, geez, okay. In the second grade, we used to do these STEM cafes at my school. So okay. this like high school robotics team comes in with their robot, and they did this like, cafe thing, and they taught us about it. And at the end of the thing, my second grade science teacher comes up to my family, who is also a family friend, and she was like, what do you guys think? We sh- should we start a robotics program? And my parents would be like, yeah, that sounds like fun. So she gets a grant for this robotics team. And, and then the third grade, we start a robotics team. And in the first year, my team makes it to the state championship. Awesome. With a bunch of upperclassmen. Okay, now before you go any farther on the story, because I want to understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You're talking over my head, sorry. <laughs> what You said this cafe thing. Does that mean like just a pitch in the school's cafe? Or what's a cafe thing? Well, it was in our library. So they just come in 
and then they just talk to us about whatever they came to talk about. So it was the high school. It was a high school robotics team. So they came in and talked to us about aspects their of program. robotics, building robots. Yes, like how they built it, how they programmed it, and they just taught the little kids about the robot. Okay, about the robot and about the process the and the program, the robotics program. Too. Okay, and so when you guys started your robotics program, it was did it involve programming and mechanical physical yes. building and mm -hmm. designing of parts for robots and the whole not nine the parts yards so we can't it came with like a starter kit which is okay. like all of the parts already there okay. but and you got like a instruction booklet that teaches you how to build a basic robot which was just a basic clawbot right. and obviously because we were basic in one. the third grade clawbot it's just a little robot with a claw on the top that just moves okay. up and down and okay. yeah, of course because we were in the third grade we built that one because okay. it had instructions Okay. We didn't know what else to do, sure. and we got to the state championship with it, and each year they have a different challenge. Basically, the challenge is like a task that you have to complete with this robot, so you have to build the robot according to the challenge, and then you have to program it to complete the challenge autonomously without the controller. So I've always been the programmer on my team since third grade. So is that because math was just easy? Yeah. I'm really good at math. Math's my favorite subject, so... Yeah. I like that. We built this robot, and we get to the state championship. And I think that year's challenge, which was actually a really good challenge to start with for third grade, was stacking these blocks. That was it. Mm -hmm. It was super simple. Okay. And we get to the state championship. And, of course, we were competing, competing against upper, older people, so we didn't get anywhere after that. Okay. And then the next year comes around, and then a lot of the kids dropped off the team because they were like, oh, this isn't my thing, which... Every third grader goes through that thing sure. where they're like, let's try this new thing. Or their parents are like, hey, go do this. That's, sure. gonna be, that's gonna be cool for you. And then they don't like it. So the next year comes around and it's my fourth grade. And we have a new competition and new partners, new robotics partners, because we get new robo robotics partners every year. And the new challenge is you have to drive around this field and you have to pick up these balls and then shoot them into a basket a couple feet away. And me and my partner start working on this new design and we don't follow the instruction booklet because we made it to the state championship. We're cool now and we know how this works. We did not, but we go there and we make it to the state championship. Okay. And we're competing against all of these like actually good kids and you still feel like you're just playing. You yeah, like you're just we're so just little off. kids playing. Yeah. And these little kids playing get number one in the state of Arizona at the state championship. And now we have to deal with going to the world championship. So these fourth graders are getting on a plane, going to Louisville, Kentucky, and going to a world's robotics competition and missing a week of school. And we were like, oh, we get to skip school. This is cool. We had to more make fun. up the work. But yeah, more fun getting to skip school. And at the world championship, that's when I realized I am in love with robotics. This is what I want to do for the next couple of years. And we placed really well for being fourth graders. And we were in the elementary school bracket. And it was obviously our second year, so we weren't that good. But we still placed well, and we were still number one in the state of Arizona, which was really good for us. And it was really cool. And then we go back to school, and everyone's like, where'd you go? And we're like, oh, a robotics competition. And they're like, well, what's robotics? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't know. What it's <laughs> like, I don't know how to explain it simply. Yeah. And then we go into the next year, which is my fifth grade year. 
and then I get a new robotics partner. Seems to me there's a whole movie here, and Girl Wired's a great name for it. Actually. Yeah, go on. And we get number one in the state of Arizona again. Girl Rewired. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And we get number one in the again. state of Arizona again. Okay. And then we go to the robot with the world championship again. And this time you know what's going on. This time we know what's going on and we know what to expect. So we place really good at the world championship in our bracket. And then we come home. And And MIT offered you a scholarship. (laughs) Definitely. Offered some little fifth graders that. There you go. And we go back to school and everyone's like, still, what is robotics? And I'm like, I don't know how to explain it to you. You, you, You're not going to understand what I'm meaning anyway. And fourth grade was the year that I got... Um, voluntold to be the programmer so I started programming the robot and everyone's like wait this is actually a really good program how did you get it to work like that so ever since then I've been teaching other people how to program and I used to and I think it was my fourth or fifth grade year was the year that um, our district decided to add a robotics team to every school in the district and nobody else knew how to start it so my school's team went to the district office and we taught these adults how to build and program robots. And I was the only one on my team who could program well. So of course I had to teach these teachers and principals and staff members how to program a robot. And they were like, how do you understand this? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just smart. Um, Definitely not, but... <laughs> no, that's great. But I'm not going to let you get away with inventing a word that I've never heard and not explaining. That was pretty clever. Voluntold? Yes, that's what my mom I calls lo- it. I love that word. <laughs> You've been... I was voluntold. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. the, the job was delegated to you. Mm-hmm. You were told that you were volunteering. Yes. I love that. That's a great line. Um, so now... That still leaves us years behind where you are now. So yeah. tell me, what else has gone on robotics? You've stayed with it? Uh, no. So I did it until sixth grade, and then I moved schools. And my new team didn't have a robotics team. My new school didn't have a robotics team. So I was like, okay, I'll just take a two-year break. And now I'm in high school, and it's a more advanced program. So instead of using plastic robots, we're building metal robots now. And the programming is more advanced, so now I have to adapt to that. And I'm learning how to program in uh, JavaScript and building metal robots using like power tools and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, this is cool. This it's is pretty fun. wild. Yeah. So do you see a future for you in that path? Are you, are you staying on that? I mean, is it really exciting? No idea yet. No idea yet? It's an option, I guess. Um, I have a lot of options because I'm kind of good at a lot of different things. Sounds so. like it. Can't make up my mind. <laughs> Not only that, I believe uh, in your bio someplace there was something about design. Are you a fan of design? Um, I like designing. It's all right. It's fun. It's another thing I'm kind of good at. Designing what? What do you like to design? Um, I'm really good with like slideshows. I've always gotten really good with like presentations and slideshows in school just because I'm good with like matching colors and making things look good because my mom's a graphic designer. So I've, again, grown up around that kind of stuff. So I just have an eye for design, I guess, which is what my mom says. So Mm -hmm. thank you, mom. So you don't grab a pencil and create clothes on a pad of paper, Mm -mm. but you can tell what's wrong with something when you see it. Yeah. So it's con- kind of composition and form yeah. that's really natural to your eye. Do you, you've been on the film set now um, for a while, even as a young individual. Do you see yourself as a director or more as a cinematographer? Which one of those jobs would you have? The one who sees the story in their head and all the moving parts or the guy behind the camera who can tell exactly what's in the shot? 
probably the guy behind the camera because I love watching movies and TV shows and I know what looks good on camera and I know like different angles and whatever. So I feel like I would definitely be more of a director who's like, hey, this looks good. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of picky with my th- with different things that I do too. So it has to be just right. And like if it's a little bit off, I'll be like, hey, that looks a little off. So you should fix this and this will look better. And obviously I'll get other people's opinions on, hey, which one looks better. Mm-hmm. So... Has it been a problem for you on set yet when you feel like maybe you know better than the person who's in charge? No. Not yet? Because do I'm, you anticipate that? I do. I, I don't want that to happen because I don't want to be wrong and then just well, sit I tell there and you be what, like, oh, oops. That's an interesting thought, but I think you sh- you better get ready for that because you're smart, you're opinionated, and there's going to come a time when you're going to be the actor who's going to want to argue with the director, and you're going to be right. That doesn't mean you're going to win if you open your mouth, mm-hmm. but it's something you, I think it'd be interesting for you to think about about how you would handle that and to ask people who have been on either side of that with what they did because you you are good and so you will step i think from the acting side and to the other side if you stay in film at least to try some things you know mm-hmm. um and then before you take that step you, you you don't do it until you see what's wrong with the people that are doing it you know, i can do better than that <laughs> I, I should be the one over there and when you say that to yourself enough you just go over there and do it yeah you know and you might be right you might be wrong but that's not the point. The point is you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I wouldn't not think about that. I would say go ahead and think about that. Um, anyway, it's it's fun for me to speak to uh, somebody, anyone who has uh, such an interest and such a, an enthusiasm for what they're doing creatively. And for someone of your age, it's, to me, it's just wonderful. It's fascinating. <laughs> I wish everybody at 14 were this excited about learning and this excited about being and doing and, and trying new things, especially in relationship to the arts and the sciences, which to me, sciences are kind of artful. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big fan of quantum mechanics and quantum physics, and and it's it's amazing how beautiful, but scientific, you know, all mm-hmm. of that stuff is. But to get back to movies, okay. one more time, and then I'll, I'll play a song and give you a break. But you uh, worked on a show called Mission Control. I did. Tell me about that one. So... That was actually kind of like a funny deal again because I did this, um, so fast, flash forward a little while before that, um, I was doing the student film and I had like maybe one line and the guy who was directing it was super nice and then he writes this other script for a, this boy to be an astronaut and his fam- his him and his parents are building a cardboard spaceship and they're going to send him to the moon. And he calls my mom and he's like, even though this is for a guy, do you think maybe she could audition? So I go in to this audition with all of these other guys who are there for this guy's role. And they're like, why is this girl here or whatever? I guess she's going to cut her hair and wear a baseball <laughs> if she gets it. And then I do the audition and then they're like, yeah, we want you to do this because like you just seem like more of a better fit. So the set was super fun. My mom actually kind of got voluntold that day to be my mother so on set and that's kind of cool yeah and it was like a little one day thing and it was super fun and we got to film a lot and I got to make a bunch of friends because there was other kids on set and whatever and it was just a fun thing for I don't know how old I was I was probably seven mm-hmm. have you been uh, writing it all no are you th- do you think you ever will Maybe. I don't know. But but right now you haven't been inspired to create stories. You don't have stories in the back of your head going, one day that would make a good movie. That's not yet. Not, that's not happening yet. Okay. 
Now, I asked you before the show uh, about music, and you said you know you don't play music, you haven't really had that experience, but that you like some music. Yeah. But you didn't sound really passionate about that either. Is that because it's just a regular thing? or? Well, I love music. Music. I listen to all different kinds of music. I When people ask me what kind of music I listen to, and I'm like, I don't know. Depends I kind of listen mood. to everything. Yeah. yeah, it really depends on my mood. Well, give me a couple songs you love. Ooh, um, I really like Africa by Toto because okay. I grew up with that kind of music because like my grandfather is a musician. So ever since I was little, he's always been playing me his favorite kinds of music, which is a lot of like Pink Floyd and the Beatles. I love the Beatles. I grew up listening to the Beatles. And then I started listening to the radio, all this pop stuff that they're putting in these little kids' brains. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool too. So I have like the older music and then I have the new music and then my dad in the car, every time I ride in the car with my dad, he plays the music that he listened to in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. So I have all that music going on in my head and I enjoy all of it. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, it's just kind of all over the place for me. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, also, uh, I learned earlier before we went uh, live that you have a brother. Yeah. <laughs> well, just one brother? Yeah. Okay. And he's a drummer. Yeah, he is a drummer. Um, okay, so he plays around the house? All the time. Does that drive you crazy? Oh, yeah. Especially considering the fact that he gets up for school before me. And by before me, I mean like five in the morning before me. So he can practice? No, just because he has to be at school earlier. Okay, okay. But he drums on everything. And I share, yeah, I share a wall with the bathroom. So the sink, all, all morning. And it's so loud in my room, and it wakes me up at 4 in the morning. I can't go back to sleep, and I don't get out of bed until 7.30. So I'm just sitting there, just waiting for him to stop and leave for school so I can go back to sleep. <laughs> Do you have earplugs? No. Wear some headphones. Put some headphones on when he starts making a lot of racket. See if that helps. <laughs> does he have a full drum set yet? I think so. Yeah, he does. Okay. Do you have a basement at the house? Mm-mm. See, in Arizona, that's a real problem. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the Midwest, you put the kid in the basement with the drums, but here we don't have a lot of basements. And he can't play in the garage, it's too hot. Yeah. So he plays in the house, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Does he have, like, the full drums or the rubber drums that just don't make any noise? He's the full drums. Full drums. And does he have playing hours that he has to play between? No, he just kind of plays whenever he wants to, so I can be in the middle of a cell phone conversation, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> my room is just drums. And then I have to hang up the phone and call them back in like an hour when he's done. And they're like, why'd you hang up on me? And I'm like, because my brother was playing the drums. <laughs> How old is your brother? Is he older or younger? He's older than me. He's almost 17. Okay, is he playing in the band? No. So right now, it's just he just likes to play the records or play the music he enjoys and yeah. learn to play. Fascinating. Well, he would probably enjoy watching the recording artists. So mm-hmm. I'll hook you up with a free membership. Just let me know. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. All right. Well, um, you've done some commercials, and I, I watched a couple of them on your website. And I love the one where you're at the boardroom and you're all, you know, in your pink sweater <laughs> telling everybody what's going on. What was that commercial about? That was an Adobe um, web commercial thingy, I, I believe. Yeah. And was it the same guy that did Mission Control? No, different guy. My bad. My my brain's a little scattered. No, it okay. was a couple years ago. But it was like a lemonade commercial or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was obviously a bunch of kids on set who I still communicate with them sometimes. They're pretty cool people. So we go on set and it's like a lemonade stand. And then we're like competing with the, the, with the kid across the street who also mm-hmm. has a lemonade stand. And he's getting more money than us. So... 
we make this whole like campaign on Adobe and we build a logo and like this whole thing and then we get more customers than him and it's just like it's a cool thing it was fun to do and it was it was again it was like a little one day thing yeah i love the board meeting it was just kind of cute <laughs> yeah. obviously in charge you know you're i the think one. i was wearing my mom's clothes for that too i was wearing her <laughs> business clothes yeah. yeah they were all pinned up with safety pins behind me <laughs> yeah that's kind of funny um well let me ask you another question we've all been dealing with um how the pandemic has impacted our daily processes. I mean, obviously with school, it's been weird. You probably had to go online. Yeah. And now it's probably a mix, or I don't know if you're back full time. Yeah, it's a mix. We it's do a hybrid. Mix. And then what about the summer um, at your house? Was everybody pretty holed up and stayed home? And Yeah, we all stayed home except for my dad because he was at work. And my mm-hmm. mom works from home. Mm-hmm. So the only time we left the house was to go get groceries. And Did it freak you out a bit, or was it just whatever? Because, you um, know... It didn't really freak me out that much because I was staying home and most of my friends were. So I was like, okay, my friends are going to be fine. And it was just, we never went back from spring break because we went on spring break. I know. And that was what like hit me hard the first time. And I was like, this sucks. Like, I thought I had another two or three months with you guys. Yeah. And I said bye to you three days ago and now I'm never going to see you again because we're going to different high schools. And half of my friends don't go to school with me anymore yeah and so it was kind of like wait hold on a second yeah that was really sad yeah so our, our son was a senior and so oh, it was no. goodbye right before prom and then prom got canceled oh, graduation no. never happened mm-hmm. and you never see the kids again because everyone's going to college yeah it's such you never got to say goodbye it was such a strange thing and it happened right over break like that yeah it so happened I, so, so fast no one was it. expecting yeah. it yeah well, moving forward, you're hoping everything gets back to a little more the way it was before. Yes. I'm so mad that our homecoming got canceled. I know. Because I'm a freshman. That's my first freshman experience. <laughs> That's my first high school experience. And they're not going to give it back to you. They're not. There's not going to be time. They're exactly. We're trying to cram way. half of our school year. So you get to be the, the the group that gets to say, it was our freshman year when that happened. You know, so yeah. you'll have that story. And, uh, you know, the kids around you for different years, they'll, they'll have a similar experience just for that one, hopefully that one year. You know? Yeah. But uh, pretty, pretty tough. So what's on the horizon? What do you got coming up? Anything exciting? Well, mm, not really, because basically during the entirety of quarantine, we've just been doing like online self-tape, self-submission kind of stuff because we can't really go in person and do auditions. So... Mm-hmm. We haven't really heard too much back after that because everyone's kind of like, hey, let's do these auditions and then see what happens with COVID and then see if we can actually film it. Yeah, and that's a whole other problem, huh? Yeah, I got onto the fourth stage of a Disney Plus audition that was Disney Plus's version of The Amazing Race, mm-hmm. um, which is was going to be filmed in Europe. And I got so excited for it. Aww. And the casting director even told me that she was my favorite. And then they were, COVID happened, and then the European travel ban happened, and then they were like, uh, we don't know what's going to happen with this, so we'll get back to you after COVID. And now it's seven months later, and we don't know what's going on. Yeah, and when they do retool, they'll probably recast. They'll look, just yeah. look at everything again, because everybody changes, especially young mm-hmm. people grow a lot in a year to a year and a half. You know? And I'll be pushing the edge of the um, age range Yeah, that's that interesting. Point. Now, you've been out to the West Coast, so where, you know, if, let's say you're 18 and you're tired of living at home. Are you going to live in Phoenix or are you going to move to the West Coast? Or do you have any thoughts about where you'd like to be? <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. Let's hear it. My mom, she's kind of, my mom's upset about this, but me and my friend have a plan that after college. What's his name? 
Her name is Emma. <laughs> okay. She's my best friend in the whole world. Okay. And we want to move like to France. I like it better already. Okay. To France. We, we want to move to France. Okay. Now I see where you're going. For like upset. three years. We want to move to Nice. Okay. Nice. However okay. you pronounce it. And because we both, we've we've always loved that area. So we were both like, hey, let's do this you've together. You've always loved it because you've seen it on TV. You've always loved it because when you visited, it's always nice. I've never left the country. But on pictures, it looks really pretty. Okay, so so you're willing to commit a three-year stint in a place where the pictures are nice. Okay, I'm yes. with you. I'm following you so far. Okay. And I also, I can't make up my mind with what I want to do with my life either. I don't know what kind of lifestyle I want to have. But right. I also think it would be really cool to live in New York. Mm-hmm. Just because New York is cool. New York's pretty cool. Have never, you spent some time? Oh, Never been yet? to New York. Okay. Pictures are cool. Pictures are cool. You know, and if you're a food fan, I'm a food fan. New York's <laughs> a great place to eat. <laughs> Chicago's a great place to eat. France is a great place to eat, you know, and and really every meal I've ever had in Italy it beats any meal I've ever had in America. <laughs> you know, a big fan there too. So you know, I, my wife and I were our honeymoon was scheduled to be in Italy and in uh, Spain, and COVID shut us down two weeks no. before we were supposed to leave to go. So we've already celebrated our first anniversary, but we haven't been on a honeymoon. <laughs> and she's like. We never really get to go on one, do we? Because it's just going to be a vacation. And I think mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I think you're right. It'll just feel like a vacation at that point. So, you know, it, it, we all had to deal with it in one way or another. It's been kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, what's what kind of a movie would you like to do? What's, what's something you always hope comes your way? I think doing a Marvel movie could be really oh, cool. Oh, really? Like being a superhero? Yeah, because, like, that's all, that always can't happen in real life. So. Yeah. Like, just being able to be that character and, to, like, go through, like, um, the special effects of it happening on set. I think that would be really cool. See, that's what I was, that was my next question. Do you want to see yourself on the big screen or do you want to see yourself hanging from wires in front of the green screen room? It's like, which which one is the thing you want to see? I watched Beetlejuice when I was little. Okay. And the <laughs> final scene where the girl is flying around. Yeah. Um, who, what's her name? Uh, Wyona Ryder. I saw that scene and I was like, that's what I want to do. And that's cool. That's when it really hit me. And I'm like, that's like superhero stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be really cool. But also like horror movies, because I love watching scary movies. Scary movies are my favorite thing in the whole world. I'm so excited for Halloween this year. Halloween's my favorite holiday. I don't know if they count it as a holiday, but it, in yeah. my mind, it's a holiday. Yeah. So me and my friend, we're having like a two-night sleepover, and we're just going to binge scary movies the whole time. That's pretty cool. Because none of my other friends will watch scary movies with me. As Do you I have just a favorite? Think that would be cool. I really like The Quiet Place. Oh, really? The Quiet Place. Okay, that's kind of yeah. scary. It's, it's not like a scary, scary movie. Suspenseful. Yeah, it is. But The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, that got in my head for like a week. It's really funny. I always hated scary movies. I love scary movies. Well, at least My we both like movie, Red Vines. That Coyote Requiem movie that I was in, right. that was a scary movie. Okay. I didn't know that at the time, but <laughs> now that I know, that was a scary movie. I and scary. there was a scene, I didn't know what was going on because I was four and they were trying to keep this a secret from me. But there was a thing that I had to do where my mom was like a werewolf or whatever and she was like eating my stomach so they put like the fake blood all over my stomach. And I didn't see it because they wouldn't let me look at it because they were freaked out that i was going to be freaked they were scared that i was going to be freaked out but i thought that was cool and i was like this is fun i like this, this that's is cool. interesting that is crazy so you dig special effects you look forward to mm-hmm. being in a mar- the feature of a marvel film yeah. you know, which would be great there's a lot of television series it seems like too that are going on now with netflix making so much content so there's a lot of opportunities for that kind of stuff 
Well, gosh, is there anything else you want to share? I'd like you to share your, your web address so people can find you and check out what you're doing. Well, my website is www.serenitystarforman.com. Star is spelled with two R's, by the way. Okay. So you can just Google my name. It doesn't matter if you spell it wrong. It'll pop up. Cool. And did you come up with that name? No, it's actually my real name. Even Star? Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. That's pretty it's my cool. birth name. It's kind of uh, we're gonna we're gonna tell you what you're gonna be. You're gonna be calm and you're gonna be famous. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting blend. You're gonna be half Serenity of that came Star. True. Well, you're only 14 years old. You got a long way to go. How old the do you think the calm you're... half didn't come up? Oh, so. it, you, have, you have time for that too. <laughs> you really do. I got calmer as I got older. So, how old do you think you're gonna be when you get out of the film business? I don't know. See, it's funny as it doesn't matter what I ask her about the future. She's so not committed to a path because she sees so much. I love that. That uh, I could ask you what you're going to do in two years. You're like, well, I don't know. Depends. I have a lot of options. I'll still be in high school. So. Yeah. And you might still be doing robotics, but you don't. You have one at the new high high school. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. You tell me it's a little bit trickier now. It's all. Mm -hmm. You're doing a bit of learning this time. So you're kind of re-educating with the new scripting and stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, JavaScript can be applied in a lot of different ways. Have you ever gotten into design of uh, stuff like websites and language for Not other really. computer programs? Just for robotic programming. Mm-hmm. That's I am in a film and TV class, though, at my high school. It's one of my actual classes, and I get graded on those kinds of assignments. So mm-hmm. I've been filming little little clips around my house and turning them in. So I think one of our assignments next quarter is going to be something about building a website. But I have no idea. Okay. So. Well, go to Wix.com, and it's free, and you can make websites for practice. It's a pretty simple way. It's not coding. It's mm-hmm. plug and play. Yeah. But then you, there are options to go into coding if you want to from there and understand it anyway. It's kind of a fun, fun thing to do. Cool. Well, gosh. We talked about your brother. Mm-hmm. We talked about your robotics. We talked about design. Are you, are you big into fashion or no? Um, yes. I, my, my style would be so good if I had money. I just can't afford the clothes because they're so expensive. I don't know why clothes are, clothes are so expensive, but my style would be on point. Yeah? Can I love Can you describe clothes. to me what your style is? Well, I don't really like skinny jeans that much, which is funny because that's all I own because it was like a trend back then. Mm-hmm. I want like baggy pants. Okay. Honestly. My mom's laughing at me. So do you like the so. new, I just saw this ad. Of, thank God, so I have something to talk to you about <laughs> with fashion. Uh, they're like uh, yoga pants, but they're split at the ankle down and they kind of bell out. They're yoga pants that have bell bottoms on the bottom. Ew. <laughs> Why? Why do those exist? <laughs> Fashion. <laughs> you know, form before, you know, what is it? Uh, style before substance? You know. So what would you design in clothes? What would be the thing you'd fix? Because I, I can tell you what I'd fix. Mm, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. That's, that's a hard one. I would I would outlaw buckles on men's belts and make them all like the ratchets. Oh. Because I have one with a ratchet. Mm-hmm. And you just put it in and it keeps clicking, click, 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 click. So it's not just go two inches for a hole. It's every eighth of an inch. It's tighter. So any after any meal, you could loosen a little, tighten a little, and keep your pants on. It's like, why aren't all belts like this? I it's, would give women's jeans and shorts pockets. Because a lot of them We don't, don't have pockets. Mm-hmm. They're fake. Mm-hmm. They're... What am I supposed to do with my phone? I don't think you're supposed to put it in the pocket, which is why it's fake. Exactly. See, what, <laughs> do you expect me to hold everything I own? Like, I don't want to carry a purse. That's, no, that's extra weight. No, you get somebody for that. <laughs> <laughs> Here, carry my stuff. I'm wearing my fake pockets. <laughs> Your brother should do that for you. 
He made me carry the groceries out of the grocery store the other day. My mom sent me and my brother in the grocery store because she didn't want to go in. We were getting, like, two things. We were getting, like, cheese and marinara sauce. And he made me carry the bag outside. I was just making sure you had the strength to do it, or what was mm-hmm. this thing? And obviously, because my mom sent two teenagers into the store, we obviously got candy and gum and batteries for his controller and whatever. Oh, I'm course. really sorry about that, Mom. I promise I'll pay you back for those. <laughs> but <laughs> What's your favorite candy? I love sour gummy worms. Sour gummy really? worms are so good. So, I don't like sour stuff. I love sour stuff. Really? I don't like, I'm not a big fan on chocolate. Right. So it's always the, like sour gummies. Kind mm-hmm. of Interesting. What are those little red fish called? Swedish fish. Yeah, do you like those? I hate Swedish you fish. You hate Swedish fish. Interesting. I don't know what it is about Is it because they're not sour? No, it's just the taste is odd. They taste kind of like plastic, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I think they taste like plastic. Mm-hmm. I know somebody who loves them, and I don't eat them. <laughs> so, cool. Well, at least we have red vines. We've got that. Yes, yeah, red vines so, are so good. They are. They're, they are awesome. So, uh, anything else? Going once, going twice, going three times? No, sir. You happy so far with 14 years? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'd be like, I have to have you on before the next 14 go by and see what else <laughs> is going on. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking the time to come in and chat. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and everybody who hasn't seen Girl Wire, Girl Wire, check it out. And uh, anybody who's looking for a young actress for a project, she's here. COVID's coming to an end in terms of its control over our lives, and uh, put her to work. Yeah, please. All right. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Take care. <laughs>